This is Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. It's 25 minutes after 4 o'clock. We're in conversation next with Professor Ines Meyer, who is the chairperson of the Living Wage South African Network. So the Living Wage South African Network is calling for employers to pay workers a living wage and not only what is prescribed in the national minimum wage legislation. At the moment, the minimum wage is sitting at around 25 rand 42 cents an hour and the take home that is just over 4,000 rand. Our next guest has done research around what an optimal living wage looks like given the current economic conditions and the qualitative implications uh, poor wages has on the quality of life for ordinary South Africans. Um, Professor Maya now joining us on the line. Professor Maya, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. I remember when um, the minimum wage was being negotiated um, and the deputy president at the time, Cyril Ramaphosa, was leading the process and he said that what we would love is to have a living wage. However, though, we can't afford a living wage and I guess the employers can't afford a living wage. And many years later on, you have done research that looked into the impact of um, having only a minimum wage and how that is compromising the quality of life of people. But where do we strike the balance? Good afternoon. That is a very good question. And um, I think what is really important here is to say that as members of the Living Wage South Africa Network, which really brings together anyone working on living wages in South Africa, what we are saying is that let's not get fixated on an amount, but let's see living wages as an approach. And what stands behind it really is, do we enable those who work for us a life with dignity? And I think that is the main question, rather than what's the amount. And so I think that should be the starting point, and that can then strike the balance um, if we ask, are we enabling everyone to live a dignified life, which is a humble but a decent life? Or do we trap people in poverty? And so that was also the starting question from what we looked at. And of course, it's not possible for every employer to pay what we suggest would be living wage based on our research. But I think those employers who immediately jump to the answer, it's not possible, haven't really engaged with the question, what does it mean if I pay my employees X amount? Does it mean... I'm enabling them to live a decent life, or do I keep them and their family in poverty? And I wonder then, considering how far we've come with the minimum wage, um, the value of um, that particular salary or income that the person has and the value of the rand of what they were able to buy um, back in um, back in 2013, back in 2014, compared to what they're able to buy now, um, if the value of that wage has actually uh, depleted or decreased. Yes, so um, the national minimum wage came into effect in 2018, so it is not that long ago, and there have been adjustments for inflation, which is why we're now at the 25 rand and a few cents that we are at. But you're quite right, because even inflation-based increases to the national minimum wage are not sufficient, because what we include in determining inflation to the consumer price index includes items that those that earn at the very low end of the income spectrum wouldn't afford, um, wouldn't have such as things like um, home loans. You know, and interest rate on that is tends to be lower than on items such as 
maize meal or sunflower mm. oil. So the actual inflation is much higher than the um, provided official inflation figures, for one. And then you're quite right that the increases to the national minimum wage haven't kept up with inflation. Yeah. Um, in conclusion, the proposal that you have is around 12,000 to 15,000 rand. Um, I don't see employers agreeing to, 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 to this particular amount um, during the, the negotiations. Um, but what are the other interventions that are there, possible other interventions? We also saw a report that looked into um, how um, South Africans who are starving, the rate of South Africans who are starving are increasing and around uh, 4.5 or 4.8 million children in South Africa are also starving. Are there not other interventions um, that are not related to salary that we can at least help um, these people who are suffering? Yes, there are a number of initiatives, um, like the basic income grant, um, which the 350 rand support grant that was implemented during the COVID times is kind of leaning towards, but obviously that is too little. But even when living wages, the idea was introduced, um, and it was it had become a human right in 1948, it was said that it needs to be supported by other social support interventions. And so um, you're quite right. There have to be other interventions from government perspective, but also obviously from, from private employers. Um, and I think we haven't considered the full range of what could happen if employers started aspiring towards paying living wages, such as that the consumer base would become greater, there'd be more taxes coming into the system. So it actually stimulates the economy and I would for now really appeal to employers to ask the question, how can we make it possible or work towards it rather than to immediately shut down the debate by saying, oh, it is not affordable. Thank you so much for your time, Professor Ines Meyer, the chairperson of the Living Wage South Africa Network.